You absolutely can change what you believe to be true about yourself. And as a result, you can change what happens for you in your career. That is what we are here to do. This is the moment where I decide to speak up in the meeting. This is the moment where I share this innovative idea with my boss. This is the moment where I step up and lead this project in the way that I know I'm actually capable of. A huge part of the growth process is taking these leaps of faith. You have this feeling, you feel small, you feel stupid. Growth happens when you feel all those feelings and you're like, screw it, I'm taking the leap. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, whenever I record multiple episodes in a row, I get so energized. So I'm really joyful and high energy and bubbly right now. So hi, hello. Thank you for tuning in. This is part two of my series on mindset and limiting beliefs and cultivating a mindset that is going to support you in building confidence that lasts and that enables you to create whatever damn career you desire. I love this. I love being a coach. I love that it's my job to help you with this. It's like the best thing ever. I'm just relishing in that feeling right now. I'm so excited to dive in. This is part two of a series, a mini podcast series on mindset. If you have not listened to part one, you must listen. You must. You can go out of order if you really want to and if you don't want to go back to part one. But oh man, it will help you so much. So so don't skip it. And I suggest listening to it first. So in part one, I just defined what are beliefs and how are they formed and why do they matter and why do they play such a critical role in our confidence and in our professional experience. And today in this this part of the series, I'm going to dive deeper into the link between the beliefs you hold and the outcomes you're creating in your career, and more importantly, into this idea of limiting beliefs, beliefs that you hold that might be getting in the way of you creating the career that you want, becoming the leader that you want, showing up the way that you want to show up. And I'm going to begin talking through how to change those beliefs. I am so excited because this is the stuff. This is the work that will help you really achieve the change that you desire and not like a temporary change or a quick fix, but a change that you hold with you permanently. And like I said in part one, that doesn't mean mindset work is easy. That doesn't mean that belief change work is easy. It is not. It requires investment. It requires time. Our brains are these sneaky little creatures that are constantly trying to sabotage our efforts for growth. But I also know very intimately through my experience as a coach, through watching my clients, through seeing my own journey, that you absolutely can change what you believe to be true about yourself. And as a result, you can change what happens for you in your career. And that is what we are here to do. Before I dive in, I want to invite you to sign up for the Art of Speaking Up Academy bonus mini training. This is a weekly training that I am doing to help you jumpstart your journey of becoming a super confident 
powerful, effective presence in meeting rooms. Meeting rooms and how you act in meeting rooms is a huge driver of your professional success. And because I'm launching the Artist Speaking Up Academy in November, and because I'm getting really excited for the launch and want you to get excited for the launch and want you to really jumpstart your process of learning how to cultivate lasting confidence and become a best-in-class communicator, I am doing a free mini bonus training that is available to anyone who's interested. All you have to do is join the waitlist for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And every week, I will be in your inbox sharing with you a mini training taken straight from the curriculum of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. So you will get a taste for what it is like to be in that program and you will get tools that you can begin implementing immediately to help kickstart your growth journey. I am so pumped about this. I can't wait to welcome you into the series. As soon as you sign up, you will get your first mini lesson. And all you have to do is go to jessgazikcoaching.com slash academy, add yourself to the wait list, and bada bing, bada boom, you're in. So head over there. And now let's head over into mindset land. Ha ha ha, so cheesy together. So we're going to talk about how our beliefs impact what happens in your career, how your beliefs, not ours, yours, <laughs> ours, whatever, same, same, but how they impact your career. And we're going to talk about the nuances of limiting beliefs. What is a limiting belief? Why is it so hard to shift, even though you might listen to mindset podcasts and you might sort of be a little bit familiar with mindset work? Why do we get so stuck? And what is really required for us to achieve the change that we desire? This is the stuff. Oh my gosh. I think I'm just having like this moment of joy around this topic because I see it in my clients. I see so much change occur with them, particularly the longer that I tend to work with my clients, the more change that I get to see. And I've seen this in myself. I've experienced such radical change in my confidence, my relationship with myself, how I feel about myself, how I feel about what's possible for me, my fear of judgment, like those things have shifted for me in such profound ways, in part because of the power of this work. And you can hear this shift in me. Go back and listen to episode one, and then come back and listen to this episode, and you can literally hear my transformation in my voice. It is wild. But I share this with you because I want you to experience a similar transformation, and I want you to have the opportunity to really understand the nuances of this work so that you can experience this growth as well. So let's dive in. So I'm going to start with how beliefs impact our behavior and then we're going to dig into limiting beliefs. So how beliefs impact our behavior. This is so, so important. In part one, I explained that not all beliefs are fact, but our brain treats them as fact. So if we hold a belief about ourselves that makes us feel a disempowered negative feeling, it is going to impact not just the decisions that we make, but it is also going to impact how we move about the world in the aftermath of making those decisions. Now, that sounds like a mouthful. Your brain was probably like, what? My brain was kind of like, that was very complicated. But I'm going to simplify it through an example. This, is the, this one is best taught through example. So we're going to pick a belief 
one that is not a fact. And then we're going to pick a set of behaviors so you can really see this link. So we're going to pick up the belief that is very common that you probably relate to, which is I'm not very good at my job, right? Now, it could be somewhere on the spectrum between I suck at my job to I'm not as good as my colleagues, but it is some belief about your own limitations in terms of how you perform in your role. Now, whenever you're looking at a belief, it is so helpful to ask yourself, how does this belief make me feel? What is the feeling I experience when I go within myself and I connect with this belief? So I'm going to kind of put myself in your shoes to walk through this together, but really apply this to your situation and ask yourself these questions, right? So I'll use myself. When I am connected with the belief that I'm not very good at my job, here are some of the feelings I feel. I'll do my best to describe them as as precisely as I can. I feel small. I feel like my body is shrinking and I want to hide and I want to make myself invisible and I don't want people to notice me. I feel embarrassed and I feel afraid that someone might find out this fact about me that I'm not very good at my job, which P.S. is not an actual fact. Listen to part one to, to go deeper into that. I feel discouraged, right? It's very discouraging to not feel competent. I feel also tired and heavy because I know that things are going to be hard, right? I know that I'm on this uphill battle. And so I'm just going to pick one of those feelings to run through this example. But I'm it's it's important to notice and realize that actually one belief can create a whole landscape of feelings within us, right? That one belief that you're not super competent in your job. I mean, think of all the different emotions I just named. And that was just me like casually brainstorming for a few seconds, right? So I really want to to iterate the depths of this because the depth of the experience is the reason that we get so stuck, right? Because of how deep that experience runs within us. But let's simplify it for now for the sake of you learning and pick the emotion of discouraged. I feel discouraged like it's going to be an uphill battle. Okay, so if I feel discouraged, right, because I'm holding a belief, an untrue, non-factual belief that I'm bad at my job, listen to part one for that, and I feel discouraged, that's going to impact the decisions I make. It's going to cause me to make less empowered decisions. And even if I do make a bold choice and I step up and I take a risk and I decide I'm going to take up space in my career, that belief is going to affect how I move through the world after I've made that decision. So for example, let's say I want to find a new job. I hate my job. If I think that I'm not so good at what I do and I feel discouraged, there's a much higher chance that I'm going to opt out of actually finding a new job and I'm just going to stay in the job that I hate because anytime I go out to look at job posts or I go on LinkedIn or I pull up my resume, that nagging belief I'm not good at what I do starts to get activated and I feel discouraged. And when I feel discouraged, finding my next opportunity, it feels like an uphill battle. It feels scary. What if I do all that work and it doesn't work out? Or what if I get another job and it doesn't work out, right? And so all of a sudden, this task that I have in front of me is looking really challenging, not because it's objectively challenging, because I'm holding a belief about myself that's making it seem far more challenging. And so I'm likely to opt out 
not because I couldn't find a better job, not because a better job wasn't out there, but because I'm holding a belief that's making it seem really, really hard. And so I'm opting out of taking that action for subjective reasons that aren't based on the truth, but are based on my subjective experience. Now, let's say I am really miserable at my job, right? Really, really miserable at my job. So miserable that even though I feel discouraged, I'm like, I need to get out of here and I'm going to job search. That belief, I'm not so good at my job and that feeling of like disempowered, discouraged, it's going to affect everything. It's going to affect the words that I put on my resume. It's going to affect how easy it is for me to write my cover letter. It's going to affect how tired I feel after I apply for jobs. Therefore, it's going to affect how many jobs I can apply for in a given amount of time, which is going to affect the speed of my job search. It's going to affect how I prep for my interviews. It's going to affect the content that I bring to my interviews. It's going to affect how I feel in the room when I'm in the interview. It's going to affect how I speak in the interview. It's going to affect how I'm perceived in the interview. It's going to affect everything, right? So even when we quote unquote feel the feeling and do it anyway, feel the fear and do it anyway, like you have the imposter syndrome, but go for the job anyway. If we are not in touch with that belief and the internal experience that's creating with us and we are not actively working to shift that moment to moment, it is still going to impact us. Now, I don't want this to get confused with the idea of like perfectionism and like you can't take action unless the belief is gone and you feel amazing. It's not about eradicating it, but it's about noticing these little moments and pausing to ask yourself, how would this feel different if I actually had some belief in myself? Like if I was actually cheering for myself and encouraging myself and loving myself and emboldening myself instead of clinging to this belief that I'm not so good at my job. And so this is where we get into a little bit of a gray area where we do want to move forward and make bold decisions even when we hold beliefs that feel discouraging. We don't want to like wait until the belief goes away. But as we're taking action, we do want to have the gentle, compassionate, loving awareness of how that belief might affect the way that we're taking action and the ways in which our action could become bolder, stronger, more impactful, right? There's a huge difference. You could have the same exact content and talking points that you prepared for an interview, but if you are able to separate yourself from the belief that you're not so good at your role and if you are able to tap into something stronger within you, you will give a damn stronger interview than if that belief is really like nagging on you and pulling you down, right? And so the belief can be there. But as you change your relationship with the belief and you don't buy into it as much, you don't let it suck you in, you don't let it suck you into a negative spiral or a vortex, you're able to notice yourself and interrupt the negativity and the heaviness that that belief brings and snap back into your power. And again, this is something that you got to keep reminding yourself to do, keep doing it moment to moment. But as you build this muscle, it becomes more natural, right? So like, for example, I'll give you a really concrete example that you will be able to see and witness and understand, which is that I used to lack confidence around recording this podcast. I used to not really be able to record a solo episode because I lacked so much confidence in my voice, myself, my ideas, and even the rare times when I did record a solo episode, 
I would take hours and hours. It would take me hours and hours because I would start and I would stop and I would start and I would stop. And it's because I held beliefs about my intellect, my abilities as a podcaster, my voice, how interesting I was. I held all these beliefs that were weighing me down. And over time, this was not easy, but I noticed them. I became aware of them and I got better and better at separating from them. And there was a middle point where I was still growing past the beliefs. They would still pop up and then I would kind of realize what was going on. But I did that enough times that soon my brain learned that I'm actually good at this and my beliefs changed. So my beliefs changed from I'm bad at this to I'm good at this. And not only does podcasting feel easier to me, but I don't have to do a ton of mindset work around it to keep myself in that state of mind because I showed up so much moment to moment, reminding myself, snapping out of it, finding another perspective, showing up strong, that eventually the belief that I'm not good at it just got replaced by the belief that I am good at it. And so there's a process here, right? We have a belief. The first thing we do is we go from inaction and hiding to taking action, right? So instead of the belief preventing you from speaking in the meeting, preventing you from going out and finding a job, or in my case, preventing me from starting a podcast or whatever the example is, is we take the action. That's our first step. We finally take the action. (laughs) But then the belief pops back up. It's not like it goes away and it's not like, yay, you took the action. I'm so proud of you. I'm never going to bother you again. It's like, bitch, stop taking this action. I was trying to get you to stop. You didn't listen to me. Now you're taking the action. So now I'm going to make your life H-E-L-L. H-E-double-L, right? This is why so many people don't build the sustainable confidence. So many people get stuck. So many people give up. So many people stop because often the first step that we take, which is taking action, even though the belief is there and wants to hold us back, that first step makes the belief come back stronger because our brain is like, bitch, stop, right? It really is afraid of change. There's a reason it was holding on to that belief. It thinks it was protecting us from something very dangerous and scary. So we start stepping out of our comfort zone and taking up space and doing the dangerous, scary thing. And our brain is like, hold the phone. I'm not okay with it. And then it goes ham on us and it pulls out all of the stops and it really can begin to assault us in that initial phase of change. That's why change can be so damn hard, right? So that's the first step. So then the next thing was is we just need to survive the whiplash, right? Like the next thing we need to do is just not go back in the cave or go back into hiding because our brain is making it feel so intimidating and scary, right? So the next step is after taking the action is just like don't immediately stop taking the action. Like don't immediately like run back away and hide. Like I'm thinking of my cat whenever someone knocks on the door, there's a stranger. She like sprints like so fast. It's crazy. She sprints to go hide under the bed, right? And I think that's something that happens where the moment that we come out of our shell, we do the scary thing, our brain's like sprinting back into hiding. So we got to keep doing the thing. That's an important step. And then we have to sustain it even while that belief is causing us to be not so good at it, right? So if I'm applying for jobs, even though I hold these limiting beliefs, or I'm speaking in meetings, even though I hold this belief that I'm not smart, or I don't sound good, or whatever, there's going to be a period of time where I'm doing the thing, and I'm still kind of shaky at it. I'm still wobbly at it. And this is the most vulnerable experience, right? Because you're trying to separate from this belief, you're trying to prove it wrong, but you're kind of doing the thing badly, in a way, quote unquote, badly, and you're 
brain's like, see, you suck at this. Just go back to your old habits. But really, it's not because you suck at it. It's just because the belief is still strong enough that it has a hold on you. It's the belief itself that's causing you to feel like you're not doing it well, right? And so what you really want to do is you need to persist through that. And remember, this is all part of the change process. It is normal to feel this way. It is normal for it to be hard. It is normal for me to feel like I should just give up and start at the beginning, but you have to keep going. And as you keep going, you have to keep noticing how the belief is impacting you and asking yourself, how would this feel different and what would I do different if I believed something more empowering? And it is through staying in that process and that cycle over and over that gradually the belief starts to shift. First, what it looks like is that whiplash, that backlash isn't so intense. And then you maybe still have the belief, but it's easier to notice it and snap out of it. And then eventually the belief starts fighting against you because your brain has kind of learned, A, this is safe. It's okay to do this. And like, B, she's not listening. She's still doing this anyway, right? Like no point in fighting against it. And that's when you experience this shift and this change. So that was a lot. But the reason that I'm sharing that is to really lay a foundation for us to talk about limiting beliefs. A limiting belief is a belief that you hold about yourself that keeps you from taking step one, which is action, right? So step one of that process is just doing the thing that your belief is discouraging you from doing. So for a lot of you, that's being on a career path that you actually want. Maybe it's going for a promotion. Maybe it's leaving a job you hate and going to do something different. For a lot of you, that action that you want to take is the action of contributing more in meetings. For a lot of you, the other actions you want to take is being more of a leader in your role, taking up space, not just showing up reactively, but really having the courage to drive powerful work forward and act as a leader, both in inside and outside of meetings. So the limiting belief prevents you from doing that because it makes you feel a feeling that makes that action feel so much less appealing. Now, what's so important here, there's a few things that are really important. The first thing that's important is that the feeling is real. So whatever you feel, scared, discouraged, disempowered, crappy, heavy, exhausted, like all those feelings we talked about, those are real feelings. They are real. They are part of the human experience. We can't pretend like those feelings aren't there. They totally are. But here's what's not real. The truth of the belief. The truth of the belief is not real. So the feelings that you're feeling are based on something not real. It is the same as going to the movies and watching, let's say, a love story and seeing a breakup happen in the love story and being like, oh my God, this is so sad and you're crying. I'm such a crier in movies. I'm such a crier in life. So I guess that comes with me to movies, but I cry a lot in movies. You're crying, you're upset. Yeah, that was real. You were sad. Did a breakup really happen? No, no, no. Your mind just confused something that's not true with something that is true, which is something that our unconscious mind does a lot. The unconscious mind is not good at knowing what is real and what is not real. That's one of the reasons why when you're having a dream, you're like, of course I'm flying on a duck pig naked through the hallways of my high school with a plunger in my hand. Like, that's a real thing, right? Because when we get into the depths of how our mind operates on a conscious level, we know what's real and what's not real. But beneath the surface, our mind isn't quite as good at differentiating. This is why we cry in movies, because we're experiencing it as real, even though it's just two actors and a camera and a bunch of lights. It's it's not real. It's not really what's happening. And the same is true with limiting beliefs. We're feeling all the feelings and the belief isn't 
real. Now your mind might be like, but Jessica, my imposter syndrome is real. I really am bad at my job. Everyone else who listens to your podcast is good at their job, but I'm the one person whose imposter syndrome is based on the truth. My brain used to do that all the time. I would read articles about imposter syndrome and I'd be like, yeah, like they, of course, their imposter syndrome is based on a lie, but my imposter syndrome is based on the truth. And here's the thing, your mind is going to do that and you're never ever going to find like hard evidence that that's not true. Your mind's never going to be like, oh, well, like, we'll just like, like take a leap of faith, right? Or you're never going to find something out there in the world that tells you that you're not a special snowflake. Like if you feel like a special snowflake, you will feel like a special snowflake. And the decision that you have to make is like, oh shit, I feel like a special snowflake. I feel like the one person whose imposter syndrome is based on the truth and is real and isn't a lie that my brain is telling me. But if I want to grow, I have to at least test the hypothesis that that special snowflake belief is untrue. So you kind of have to get to a point where you're like, look, it feels true. It really feels like I'm the only one. However, I need to test that to understand if it's true. So I'm not even telling you that you have to release the belief that you're a special snowflake. You can cling on to it. But what I am saying is you need to be willing to test it. You need to be willing to experiment. You need to be willing to take a period of time and move forward as if you didn't think you were a special snowflake. You have to be willing to do that because that's the only thing that's going to generate the evidence that maybe you are not a special snowflake. And spoiler, you aren't, even if you really feel like you are, but your brain might just might not be able to receive that and that's totally fine, then your work becomes, okay, do, do I desire to release from this belief if it is wrong? Like, do I desire to release the special snowflake story on the off chance that I actually can change and that I actually am talented and there actually is some potential here? If I desire to release that belief, then I'm going to temporarily poke and prod and pressure test my special snowflake belief and take these scary, terrifying leaps that feel so scary because I think I'm a special snowflake just for the purpose of seeing what happens so I can see if in fact I am truly as stuck and different than everyone else as I believe I am. This is often the belief that people take when they join my one-on-one coaching, when they join the Art of Speaking Up Academy. They're finally ready to take that belief. They're finally ready to say like, okay, my brain is telling me that I'm stuck and I can't do it and everyone can do it except me and I'm not good enough and I don't belong in the room. But you know what? Even with all of that, I'm going to take this step forward because it is more important for me to find out the truth. And that is, is what brings people into the change process. And then I shepherd them the rest of the way, right? So you have to be willing to go through a version of that yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be trapped in that story forever. And let me tell you, freeing myself from the story that like I was the one wrong person and like the one messed up person and like the one person who couldn't grow and couldn't change, freeing myself from that crappy, shitty story changed my life in the most empowering, dramatic ways. And that's one of the reasons that I share this with you. So in summary, a limiting belief is a belief about yourself that affects your decisions. And The belief itself is usually not a fact. However, the feelings that that belief makes you feel are very real and alive within you, and they tend to drive you to hide 
to not believe that you can grow, to not believe change is possible for you, to not believe that these tools will help you, to not believe that you can become the woman that you want to become. They tend to drive you to avoid stepping out of your comfort zone and avoid the growth, not because the belief is true, but because you take the belief as true internally, psychologically, and then you feel heavy and discouraged and disempowered. And it makes it really, really hard for you to step outside of your comfort zone and actually test whether or not the belief is true. Now, as you can probably tell, you might be thinking, I'm certainly thinking, this is all getting like a little bit heady, a little bit complicated, and mindset work can sometimes feel just like we're like having thoughts about thoughts about thoughts, and like it can get a little bit like layered because it is layered and because in the end of the day, our perception of ourselves and the world can be rather malleable and subjective. But the main thing that I want you to take away from this is that not everything you believe is a fact. And a a non-factual negative belief about yourself that causes you to say no to the things and opportunities and actions that would enable your growth and enable you to achieve the things that you desire, that is a limiting belief. That is how you identify it. It is something that feels true to you, that is not an objective fact, listen to part one for that that is causing you to feel a feeling, then that feeling is causing you to hide and not take powerful action and not bet on yourself and not take those leaps of faith, right? Because a huge part of the growth process is taking these leaps of faith. You have this feeling, you feel shitty, you feel small, you feel stupid. Growth happens when you feel all those feelings and you're like, screw it, I'm taking the leap. I'm not going to let this feeling hold me back. And the reason people get stuck is because they're waiting for the feeling to go away. They think they, they're waiting to feel confident to take the leap. And it's the opposite. You take the leap when you're feeling all the heavy feelings. And then you do it enough times that eventually your relationship with the belief that was driving those heavy feelings shifts. And those feelings get lighter and lighter and better and better. And so the growth is in the moment where you're feeling the feelings and you're like, this is so damn scary, but this is the moment where I have to leap. This is the moment where I make the decision that I'm pursuing the career path I want. This is the moment where I decide to speak up in the meeting. This is the moment where I share this innovative idea with my boss. This is the moment where I step up and lead this project in the way that I know I'm actually capable of, even though everything in me wants me to hide because I have this belief that like I'm just going to look stupid. I know that all I have to do now is just feel all these scary feelings and take this leap. I have a lot more to share with you. So we are definitely going to do a part three to this series. And I'm going to talk about conflicting beliefs and dissonance. And I'm going to go deeper into the process of changing beliefs. So to give you kind of like the recap so far in part one, I distinguish between a fact and a belief and explained how our beliefs are formed and then not everything we believe is a fact. In this episode, I talked about how beliefs impact our behaviors because they drive how we feel. And I talked about how you can identify if something is a limiting belief, which is that it makes you feel shitty and it keeps you from taking action. Then you know it's a limiting belief, right? And in part three, what I'm going to do is get into conflicting beliefs. This is where there's a ton of nuance in all of this. And we're going to talk about belief change. 
So thanks for coming on this wild ride with me. I had so much fun recording this part. I feel like just very energized. I'm gonna go straight into part three. I'm on a roll. I hope you're on a roll. I can't wait to release part three for you to listen to. And as a reminder, join me inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy bonus mini training to get an empowering, inspiring, encouraging mini training every Monday delivered straight to your inbox. And these trainings are taken right out of the curriculum of my signature group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. I want you to jumpstart your growth. I want you to feel inspired. I want you to feel on fire. I want you to feel like I can do this. I want you to have that fuel that you need to take that scary leap, to take action in the moment where you know that that's the action that is going to catalyze your change. I want you to have the tools and the fuel to do that. Join this mini training to get those tools and that fuel. You can find it at jessgazitcoaching.com slash academy. I will link it below in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making it to this point. You are amazing. And I will catch you next week. Bye.